Well, thank you for joining us again. This is Submission Squad Presents Dollar Menu Mid-Carters. We are I, back. I am, of course, Evan Jostko, and to my immediate left is Gary J. And uh, He's not going to say nothing. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> He's here. He's like our fat guy. Yeah, because like, Gary remembers everything. When we did the Anarchy one, we didn't know the promoter's name from Jeffersonville, Indiana. Which was Jimmy. G- Jimmy. Jimmy. He knew that. And he'll know facts about this for some reason. Yeah, well, the, the first time we recorded Well, we didn't this, talk about Kenway on the Anarchy Yeah, I, I realized that during the break. Oh, well. Fuck um, but you. when we first recorded this one... But I, in fairness, though, hold on, real quick. On Kenway, we did talk about him the other three times. We did. <laughs> we just, like, on the fourth time, we were just kind of rushing through it. Well, the, we, this will be the second time we've done this particular yes. one. And the first time we did it, I forgot that the fucking show happened in the ECW arena. Yeah. So, <laughs> there we go. So, we are here to talk about King of Trios 2009. Which uh, is where a lot of people first found out about us. Right, yeah. And hated us for many years yeah. personally, which I do not understand why they would yeah. personally hate us. I still did. get uh, nasty letters, mostly from Quack himself. <laughs> I wish you would die. Yeah. But well, it's very remember, lovely we, we had a fan, we're kind of jumping ahead, but we had yeah. a fan that hated us so much after this uh, when we were doing, when, when we were. We were either teased for something, or maybe we were announced for something with Jakar. I don't remember yeah. like the actual thing. But the guy actually said, if I see the submission squad, I'm going to fucking throw a brick at him. Yeah. And I was like, good God. Like, what did, like, okay, so if we had a bad match, we had a bad, you want to fucking, like, brother, we'll throw down. Like, I, could, uh, I was, I was uh. pissed about that. I was like, this guy better be prepared because I'm going to slap. There were two times in my life where I was like, <laughs> I'm going to slap the fuck out of a fan. It was that time, and it was the time when uh, my dad had gotten sick, and I had to cancel on AIW, and and Albert had gotten hurt, and he had to cancel too, and like this fan didn't fucking like us, and they were like, oh, well, hopefully ACH has a career-ending injury, and I'm glad he had a family emergency because now we don't have to see him, and I was like, man, you say some shit like, like that, like... Wrestling don't mean that much to me. I'll slap the fuck out of you next time I come to Cleveland. We'll fight for real. Oh, true, I, was, yeah. I was furious about that. And we don't want to say that fan's name, even though it was Brandon Stroud of the Spandex <laughs> fan, but we're not going to no, say Brandon, it. Brandon, big fan of mine. Oh. He was a member of Pierre Mania when I was running wild in Austin. Yeah? So. I wasn't there for that, thankfully. <laughs> so, all right. King of Trios 2009. We're going to uh, talk about that, but first we probably need to talk about what is Chikara, according well, to your okay. notes. Hold on. First of all, um, we don't have it right now since we're recording a couple of these in a row, but we're going to segue right now into uh, what's happening in wrestling this week. So oh. we're going to talk a bit about, like, it's going to, the audio is going to be different. So we're going to record this later. Yeah. So Sweet Yeah. God. That did it, man. Um, and, so we're uh, going to break right now. Right? right now. Did we break? I don't know. you got to hit the button, brother. Oh! All right. Well, that was what happened in wrestling, and it was super exciting, I'm sure. I'm, and I'm sure we're going to get over it within like three days anyway. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters in wrestling. Yeah, right? Yep. Yeah, we do it all? No, we have a minor technical difficulty. Here is the week in wrestling. Okay, so we were going to talk about the Royal Rumble, but this week in wrestling, uh, we wanted to talk about viral videos. Good, bad, and different. Um, what do you think there, Big Haunch? 
I I don't know. Like I have, so I I have this opinion, and I, I've had this for years, where if you take somebody who knows nothing about indie wrestling, and they only know WWE, but they're a wrestling fan, and they see one bad indie wrestling show, that's it. You've lost them forever because they're gonna equate indie wrestling to that bad experience they have. And you can't really, it's hard to sit there if I'm trying to sell someone a ticket and go, hey, we're running an indie wrestling show in Alton, Illinois. And they go, oh, I've seen indie wrestling before. It was horrible. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, but we're different. And then, I mean, you don't really have that kind of time to sit there and explain all the ways that there are good indie wrestling and bad indie wrestling and shit like that. So this is my opinion. If they see... A bad show, that's it. Chances of getting them back are very slim. Well, even so then, then... Go on. So then, if they see a clip of an obvious, untrained fucking douchebag get, you know, wrestling and being terrible... No need like, to throw right. insults, but go on. <laughs> Is that person then less likely to come to another indie wrestling show or, or do they look at that clip and go, Oh, that's what, you know, non WWE wrestling is or have the Indies and stuff like all elite and ring of honor. Have they grown to the point where more casual people just know about them? So they know there are other options out there. I mean, I think it depends on the person's desire for wrestling content. Honestly, if they if they want more wrestling content than just WWE, like nowadays, it's not hard to find. You know what I mean? Like good, bad, or indifferent. Like I think the the ability to find good wrestling is easier to find the ability to find bad wrestling, and I don't mean bad wrestling is in botches and shit like botchmania or something like that. I mean like just general bad wrestling. Right, like, and I think there's a difference. I think that somebody who botches a spot if it goes viral. I don't think that people think of that the same as just a bad indie wrestling show because sports like NBA, you know, they shoot air balls and, you know, people make airs in baseball, they fumble the ball in football, they fuck up, but people still know they're pros at what they're doing. So that's different. Like the old, the dude that missed the shooter and landed and fell out of the ring, I don't really equate that as like, oh, that guy's probably a shitty worker. I've never seen any of his work, but just by looking at that clip, I felt more like, okay, he fucked that up. But seeing a dude who's obviously untrained trying to take a fucking flat back bump on a skinny board, I feel like people look at that as... That dude's on train. I'm pretty sure he wasn't even in ring gear, nothing. But I feel uh, like people will look at that and go, oh, that, you know, like, that is shitty wrestling. And I think it's easier to go viral with shitty wrestling. Uh, Sarah was over for the Royal Rumble, and that video was just getting tens of thousands of more views just in that time she was over at the house. And I'm sure it's up to over a hundred thousand views as we're talking right now. I mean, I, I would I would agree. Uh, we're talking about our friend Sarah. 
You can find her on Twitter at Stepstool Sarah. Like X? She's our ring announcer. She's our ring announcer. She's amazing. She's great at everything she does. Uh, so. Uh, I don't want to tell too much of her story. That's fair. There were people, like, I, thanking her for taking the videos of the show and shit. And it's like, these videos don't make you guys look good. <laughs> like, it, it's horrible. But they have a completely different thought process on what they are compared to what they really are, which is probably a big problem, too. Well, I think I honesty is a big problem in pro wrestling. Everybody wants to be the next star where, like, you know, you have to really assess what you – who, where you are and what you're able to do. Like, you know. Right. Oh, I believe that completely. Like, like every everybody – and I'm sure there are people out there that think this about me, which is fine. Go on. I also have this is that everybody wants to be the, quote, booker – or the writer of storylines. Like that like there's not a person that's gotten into wrestling and go, boy, I hope one day I'll be able to start my own company so I can set the ring up or so I can go out in negative ten degrees and flyer to town for my winter shows or <laughs> hundred ten degree heat flyer for my summer show. Everybody wants to be the booker. Yeah. But not everybody should be. <laughs> and that's Kind of how I look like that. Like I'm sure I believe that even well, not everybody, but in the shit feds and places like that, there are people within those that probably belong in wrestling, but doing other jobs than booking a show. Probably, ring crew is <laughs> is very important. I'm not joking when I say how important ring crew is. Right, right. Rather, it's fixing the ring or running the sound or. You know, hauling a ring or ringing the bell, or there's a million setting up the ring. Go on, but everybody wants to book the show, or everybody wants to be a wrestler, and not everybody should be. Some people should do other jobs. Some people should stay in the crowd. But when you're talking to somebody who should be sitting in the crowd, they don't have that mindset, and you're the asshole for telling them that, or you have an ego, or as I've seen said about us, you have a holier-than-thou attitude. It's not always the case. Like, Sorry, but your favorite wrestlers make fun of shitty wrestlers, too. But I do also believe instead of just making fun, and I'm guilty of that, like watching shitty wrestling and laughing about it, we've went to this particular show before. Twice. To pretty much laugh at it. So... You know, we're all guilty of that, but maybe we'd be better served by pulling some of these guys aside and going, hey, this isn't for you. (laughs) The bell-to-bell work isn't for you. A perfect example of that is Greg. Greg says himself he wanted to be a wrestler. He saw that that wasn't going to be the best thing for him, so he did the manager thing, and he's fucking great at it. There's no one in the area that does that job better than him. Now, what if he kept just trying to be a wrestler? He would be a middle-of-the-road if that fucking wrestler. But instead, he's the best manager. Maybe you could be the best referee or the best fucking ring announcer. You're the fucking head of the crew at setting up the ring. Another job, rather than making the fucking business look horrible by 
promoting yourself as a pro wrestler. Now, if you want to promote yourself as a backyard wrestler, okay, but don't promote yourself as a professional and make the whole fucking profession look like shit by doing what you do, and then that gets a fucking 100,000 views while a guy like Jeremy Wyatt is working his fucking ass off. I bet him and Gresham don't have 100,000 views. Well, I know it don't because we get paid for viewing. <laughs> I can tell you it don't have 100,000 views to be that sad. Yeah, I mean, you can check out Jeremy White and Jonathan Gresham for free on independentwrestling.tv. Uh, use the promo code STLANARCHY. 20 days free. Um, yeah, I agree. Like, um, you know, there's some people who are better suited to do other things, but that doesn't mean you should, like, I, I guess I'm always the nice one, where it's like, I'm not, like, what some people would call a naturally gifted athlete but I work hard at what I do. And so I'm decent at best at in-ring stuff. But like someone like me, maybe I, maybe Tom should have told me, Hey, you're not that good. You, I should basically, I should have been a Greg. Like I'm great at character stuff, but in the ring, I'm not bad, but I'm not setting the world on fire. It is a big fucking difference. (laughs) Yeah. Literal height. I get it. Yes. I, I think that that's a, I, I, that's not a fair comparison. Well, these guys are. I watched a match on a legitimately promoted show from Kansas City. That's and I'll, I'll say their name. I don't give a shit. That Sarge dude yes. against I think Kenny the Zombie Jones. Now this was packaged and put out in front of me as a legitimate pro wrestling match. And it was one of, it might be the worst fucking match I've ever watched. Now, that when that's put in front of me, is this is supposed to be legitimate professional wrestling on an independent level, I think that hurts the business. I think that hurts our business. And there's a big fucking difference between them two and you, or even like those two and some of the lower level bell-to-bell guys we've had on our shows. Like, so it's a big fucking difference. Yeah. I like, I can only talk for myself. I can't really compare anybody to anything else. Cause I don't feel that's fair. Cause they're not here to defend or whatever. So thank you. Um, I guess. Yeah. So like, I guess the point would be don't share bad gifts, share good gifts. Um, I guess like, and I'm not saying I should be the gatekeeper who decides who's good enough to wrestle and who's not. But I think it's pretty fucking obvious that some of these people shouldn't be wrestling. It's just who's it going to be that is around that's going to tell these guys that. Well, that, that's the problem. That's, that's a food for thought moment. If you're somebody who's a legitimate fucking worker and you end up on one of these shows, I feel you have an obligation to tell these guys, hey, you need more training. You need to find a legitimate school. Uh, old Niles Pluck has a ring in his winery. He lets people come work out at it. Take your ass there. And Jeremy Wyatt is a nice enough guy in real life to train you to wrestle and try to be better. I'm not saying that you have one bad match. It's like, get the fuck out of the business. But you owe it to the business to try to be better than that. Yeah. That's just my, that's my opinion. Like, these dudes at Old Cottage Hills... Michael Elgin has a wrestling school. If you can't fucking afford that, there's other schools that are way cheaper that 
can at least show you enough to where you don't fucking hurt yourself or someone else, even if they're promotions I don't like it. That they can at least show you enough to where you're not going to fucking be wheeling yourself around for the rest of your life. Or, counterthought, message slaabernathy at gmail.com, say you're going to help come set up Come help set up the ring, and then a little bit of ring time, and then. Well, we can if you do message that. that email, you're not going to get me. My email is abernathy.slaabernathy.gmail.com. There it is. But um, yeah, I mean, right. We let people come that help set up. We give them ring time. Somebody will work with you. We did it at our last show. Yeah, me, Fidget, so. uh, Orange Cassidy watched and helped a little bit. Yeah. Kingston shit on everybody. That was fun. No. He didn't. Um, but yeah, like that's kind of this week in wrestling. Food for thought. And if you have any issues with us or like want to just bitch, remember you can find us on Twitter at, at @heelmoneyjovi. So and hey, really, like if people have a difference of opinion or you know think I'm an asshole or whatever, just get at us on at Submission Squad and. We'll read your tweets on the podcast. And hell, if we can figure out how we have you call in, we can talk about it on the podcast. I think that's blog talk radio. I don't think that's us, buddy. But, uh, yeah, we can figure shit out. (laughs) But, uh, so enjoy this episode of King of Trios because, ow, my cat just sat on my hand. All right. Uh, (laughs) That's a good ending. Yeah, there it is. See you guys. Okay, now we're back from whatever. So we, we left all that audio on there. Like, yeah, I can't episode. edit this. <laughs> Fantastic. This is a one and done, man. We're not Pritchard and Conrad, that's yeah. for sure. Or Conrad and like the sixteen other podcasts he has going <laughs> we're on. We're gonna go down in flames in a hurry. Oh yeah, this is like five podcasts at most. All right, so what is Chikar? I'm gonna read it right off your <laughs> notes here. <laughs> you salty uh, bitch. Uh, a wrestling promotion, believe it or not, that was yeah. founded by Mike Quackenbush and Reckless Youth in May of 2002. Originally, it was just going to be a school, but it quickly transformed into a promotion to showcase to students. Uh, the first class students, you would recognize names like Ultraman is Black, Hollow Wicked. And that's it. There's, I mean, some other guys in there I'm not going to read. Gary. And since that time, Chikara has been running. This will be their 20th season, I believe, coming up. In 2019. And that's it. First time I ever found out about Chikara, where I actually really sat and watched it, was actually King of Trios 2008. Yeah. It was the first time I remember watching Chikara. Mm-hmm. I knew about Quackenbush before I really had known anything about Chikara. But, uh, yeah. Uh, where did you find out about Chikara? Uh, why did you, where did you find out about Quackenbush? Uh, watching an old Ring of Honor DVD where he, it was a showcase they had in Chicago. Uh, that's when, oh no, that's when I first like, was like, I'm going to book Quackenbush. I'd seen him on TPI, I think before that. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I know. I know Quack from, um, TPI, IWA Mid-South with Ian and, uh, and obviously his match with Claudio still people reference today. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I still, I still spots from it still with Regal Twins, so um, I'm sure, it looked just as good as. Oh, brother! I was I was Quackenbush, and the Regal was Claudio. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was reversed. Good yeah, they're stuff. little hosses, man. Um, and that's kind of where I found out, and like I was, I really was intrigued by his style because Quack is. Uh, you didn't read it from the notes, but the reason for the Wrestle Factory was to teach multiple styles so that no one style was homogenized. No I don't was know if I believe that. If it's not in the notes, it is probably just make it shit up. Yeah. As we All go right, along. you know what? Fuck you. <laughs>
what I liked about Quack was he was, he was a different style. Like he had a multitude of styles he could pull from different. Like sometimes you do like uh, a small strike exchange that would end in like the big palm. Other um, it'd be lucha libre or um, joint manipula- joint manipulation stuff like that. And that's what I really liked about him. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he all right. I, I, I obviously I'm a big fan of Quack. Uh, Personally, Quack, Quack becomes a real big, not real big part, but he does become a part of like growing the promotion because you know I learned a lot about branding a product from Quack and Bush. Like by, by you know when we brought him in LWA, he's the one who taught us to brand our right. product. Like, he's like, it has to be more than just a wrestling show. It has to be, you know, you have to brand your product. You have to be different than just a normal wrestling show. And he talked a lot about that and. How did you get? How did you get in touch with Quack? Email. I emailed okay. him and booked him. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and but, here's Quack's email right. address. Please hit him up. So, um, but you know, it, he went above and beyond when he would come in. He he still did. He did he, for NWL. And through that, we became you know not, not, like we don't have like fucking Sunday dinner together, but like when NWL closed, he called me and you know seeing how I was doing and we talked so. He wanted to make fun of you for losing he, he, the lottery. He was, uh, I guess, he, I would consider him a friend of mine now in wrestling. But I consider him family. He, well, I don't know, wrestling he's family, not a family member. He's of wrestling mine. family. That's <laughs> what I would say. He he helps like he helped teach me a lot, like how to do more than just fucking put names on a piece of paper. Like you have to lead talent, you have to nurture talent, you have to try to bring stuff out of people if they don't know that it's there. And that's what he helped me do and yeah. taught me that like, that's the kind of shit you have to do to be a leader, not just a fucking wrestling promoter. Yeah. So, And for anybody hearing noise in the background, that's Gary. Gary stuffing nuts in his mouth. Yeah, eating peanuts in the background. And David's going to be coming by later to lick his asshole. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ, Gary. All I'm right, so we're going to get into what is King of Trios. King of Trios is a tournament. Each team and that's it. Done. Three Broadcast people. over. <laughs> you know, there how many rounds? You got how many rounds? 16 there rounds. Here? There was one that was 24. That's 16 rounds. <laughs> oh, 16 teams. Sorry. <laughs> 16 teams. There was one with 24 teams, but um, that was, I think, 2008. Well, and actually, it becomes a part of the story here. Uh, we had brought Quackenbush into LWA a couple times for whatever fucking reason he really liked working with you. So yeah, I have no idea why I'm I'm an eclectic person. Because uh, the first time we brought him in, it was him versus me and Gary, right? Right. And then he... and I actually recently, funny story. I recently rewatched that match. Yeah, it's a solid match. Quack doesn't take a single bump. Wow. He's so smart. Gary and I are like all over the place, like throwing shit. And he's just like, I'm gonna do this and work this in. Uh, actually, he introduced me to a spot that I'd steal for a couple of tag matches that we'd use. Um, which was the the one where he got the guy to drop kick the other guy by kicking his legs out as they were running at him. You mean oops the backdrop? Yeah, the oops the backdrop. Because um, he was so good. Uh, I he, was he, all original in the ring. I never saw Yeah, that. yeah, you didn't. You've come I, up with everything I you've ever done. talented enough to make my own path. Yeah, I wasn't. Still am not. Um, and then I think <laughs> he came in and he wrestled... Nick Tyson. Nick came Tyson. came in for a double shot where he worked Tyson night one, you night two. Then yeah. he came back again. He tagged with... It was a trio. I think it was the hooligans. Tagged with the hooligans against and, Gary, Cannon, Corbin. And then that was it as far as wrestling. I don't think he came back after that. No, but like we would talk to him in and out. And we I think we had done a couple... Uh, we didn't work at Chikara, but like we begged him. 
like pathetic well, I people. You begged him. He, I, I sent him a lot of yeah, emails. I didn't know about that. He uh, <laughs> he didn't. really liked the LWA. Like he really liked it because we we had a decent production back then. We had yeah. this, the two video uh, screens, video screens, and the projectors, and we would make the videos and shit. He really liked that. So. The original deal, he was going to do the you know 24 teams again, I think, or whatever. Yeah. So he had booked us for King of Trios. We were going to be in the tournament originally. Who and, was? Uh, it was going to be me, you, and Gary. Okay. And then, uh, you know, he scaled back or whatever, and we were one of the teams that got cut. And I guess he felt bad about cutting us because he would already booked us. So he was like, well, I'm offering uh, interspecies wrestling a showcase match on night two and i could offer you that as well if you want to send a match and we said no ah, well that would make this a short podcast <laughs> we say yes and we decide you know it's going to be me and you against gary and vega mm-hmm. and you know we're booked and the first like wave of shit happens <laughs> when we get announced nobody knows who we are Internet fans are kind of like, well, what the fuck? Who are these guys? Yeah. Well, the fun thing was, like, we had to get them promo picks, too. Yeah, and that became a disaster. They almost lost the booking. Yeah, because this was before phones could take high-end pictures. Like, it couldn't just be like, hold up my phone, snap to new promo pick, snap belt-in-the-mouth promo pick, like, all that. So, like, we had to get, Deborah had to get a camera. We moved stuff off the wall in your apartment at the time. And then we had to do promo pics of each of us. Yep. And the, the first round, apparently they weren't good enough. So we had to do it again. And, and finally it got to the point where he was like, look, you guys got like 24 hours to get me these pictures or I'm going to have to go a different way because I have to announce this. We were that big of names back then that it was important for him to announce us. Because yes. he was going to sell some tickets. Or cancel us off the show completely. <laughs> so we get him the pictures. And we're announced, fans shit all over us. And I remember at some point between that day and King of Trios, I had talked to you and I told you, like, I mean, we're going to get, I, I think we're going to be in some trouble here. I, I, I don't, no one gives a fuck. You're going to get us. so mad you're going to have to slap somebody. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to fight 1,200 people in the <laughs> ECW arena one by one. But it, it, I had a feeling we were in big trouble, yeah. and nobody knew who we were. I was like, eh, well, we'll see. I think I was the, the, the optimist of the two of us, and I was like, no, like between our personalities, Gary having the Barnell gimmick, and Vega being good in the ring, we should be fine. Because yeah. at this point, Vega hadn't reached peak Vega of having a middle finger off meme. Right, yeah, Vega. Well, at this point, Vega, I mean, we hadn't even started... Were we doing like the video? Yeah, we yeah. were doing the videos down in Texas. So Vega's personality was starting to really come along, but he's not. He wasn't. Who he wasn't he is, who he is right now. Yeah. And uh, so you know, we make our way to Philadelphia. Uh, we're staying the weekend. Uh, we're gonna. I had emailed Quackenbush before, and I was like, "Hey, we're gonna come check out night one." He says, "No problem. Not so, a big deal." So off we go. We'd never been to Philly before. And this was before, again, before phones had maps on them. Right. So we had MapQuest printed directions and, like, handwritten uh, backup directions just in case. Right. Uh, because, like, you know, back in the day, you couldn't just be like, oh, rerouting, just go this way and you're fine. It was, yeah. if you missed a turn or took a wrong turn and didn't realize it right away, right. you could get lost real quick. Yeah, so off we go. We get stuck in horrible traffic. In Philadelphia. And we're late. 
But who cares we're late because we're not on this night. So we're just there to watch. Because we like good wrestling. So we were just going to sneak up right. stairs or find Quack after whenever we could right. and sneak away. Lo and behold. Right. We get to the venue late. We knock on the door. Sarah Del Rey lets us in. Personal friend of ours. No. She we, doesn't She doesn't remember. She might remember me. She don't know. She never remembered you for whatever reason. I have someone who always went on roller coasters with her too. It's so weird. So she decides to walk us back into the meeting. And I told her, I was like, we're not on. We're just here to watch. And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. Come with me. And I, I think she was fucking with us. It had to be. Had to be a rib on us for, for her to walk us back there and interrupt that meeting. But she knocks on the door, leads us right into the locker room, and interrupts Quackenbush's night one of King of Trio's meeting. And the whole fucking locker room stops, looks right at us. He goes, oh, it's the St. Louis guys. Say hello. Everyone says hello to us, and we just fucking stand there petrified because we've just interrupted this meeting. Of some of the greatest talent in the world. So real quick, I'll run down. This isn't everybody on the card, but... Couple of you have Dave Taylor, oh. you have Johnny Saint, Go on. Quackenbush, Claudio, Young Bucks, Austin Aries, Brian Danielson. El Generico. Generico's there. Coda. Who? Coda Abushi. Yeah, oh yeah, Coda Abushi. Maybe you've heard of him. <laughs> like, we did not belong here. Even like, I don't want to call him a lower level name, but like Eric Cannon is not as big of a name as these guys. And it's like when he might be the lower of the card on this thing, we didn't belong there. We were and the bottom of the barrel. Al Snow was there. Well, which, he was also the bottom of the barrel. Quick story about him. We'll get into in a second. But anyway, we're, she, we interrupt this fucking meeting. So I knew then, I was like, man, that's not good. That can't be a good thing that just happened. <laughs> he finishes the meeting. Walks up, we're like, oh, hey, how you doing? And he immediately goes, don't know why you guys are here. You're not on until tomorrow. And I was like, oh, well, you said we could come watch. And that was why we were here. So now we think we've pissed this dude off. Quack, our good friend. Because, you know, Quack's different when you're dealing with Chikara Quack. That's his promotion. He's a boss at that time. He's not your Quack and Bush that you have flown into your show as a talent. He's the boss. And that's another thing. Like, you have to be... That's why I don't... You know, I'm friends with a lot of the guys, but I try to keep a somewhat of a... Line. Line there. Not always successful at it, because this also isn't like a fucking 40-hour-a-week job. But at the same time, I understand it. And that's what he does. And so he was Quackenbush, the boss at that time. And he was pissed. So... Pissed is a strong word. I think annoyed would be like, right, what yeah, are these guys? Yeah, he was more annoyed. But... Move on from that, uh, we go up, we say hello to the people around us, people we know, and um, is it night one where you take Dave Taylor to the subway? Yes. Okay, so uh, Dave Taylor looking for a ride to subway, uh, you offer to take him, he looks at us kind of weird, and we go, uh, well sir, we met you at uh, TPI, which was... Not long before that, I guess? No, because funny story, I had also taken him to somewhere to get food at TPI. Right. And then Dave Taylor proceeds to cuss us out. But not... Not like, us. But say, uh, Ian fucking rotten owes me money, and you tell him that Dave Taylor said 
that he owes me fucking money. And X like, amount, we won't say. We were like, holy shit, look, man, we're not friends with that man. Like, we we probably wouldn't have seen Ian again for another couple years after that. So Basically, we just didn't want Dave Taylor to beat all of us up at the same time, because he could have. Absolutely could have. So you take Dave Taylor to Subway. Uh, you come back. We go up to Al Snow, who... Is a fucking he is who he is, I guess. And well, you, you like him or you don't. You introduce yourself to Al Snow as, as Evil Jim Yout because we had actually seen Al Snow the week before this because we were still working for Dynamo at that time, and he had did a show for them. Wrestled Jeremy White, in which he I guess he didn't remember you at all from it, nope. even though you had met him then. Yep, and he actually believed that you were Evil Jim Yout, the promoter that he worked for a week before. So, yeah, Al Snow. Uh, the only thing, like, I don't give a fuck one way or another about Al Snow, but I, I didn't like that he... He's running a successful pyramid scheme now. Well, whatever. I, I just, he had worked Jeremy Wyatt that show, and I remember Wyatt being very professional, and after the match going up being like, hey, thank you, Al, for the match, and Al Snow's response was, uh, uh, it was a pleasure for you, uh, I'll forget about it by the time I walk back into that room. I was like, that's kind of a fucking shitty thing to say to somebody. Well, he's not actually wrong, though, because Jeremy Wyatt works him like a month later, or he had already worked him. I don't remember how the story goes. I think he worked him a month later. Yeah, and they had the exact same match, and Al Snow was over the moon about him. Right, and didn't even remember the one before. So, eh, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, But it was funny that you did that, I guess. (laughs) And then night one wraps up. Well, okay, so also night one has... Um, no sarcasm or humor. Like one of my favorite wrestlers, Glacier, on it. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, he's running late, so I don't get to meet him. I've never met Glacier to this day, um, because I'm a firm believer that you don't meet your heroes, not because they won't be as good as you think they are, but because, uh, to me personally, I don't want Glacier to see how much of a bad person I am. And I feel I don't know why he'd just look at me and be like, no. You've done bad shit in your past. I, I don't want to be friends with you. Because by all accounts, he's the, one of the nicest men on the planet. Yeah. Hey, we, we, I'm just getting breaking news. We won some kind of award on the Down Goes Frazier podcast. Oh, great. That, that could have been something we talked about for the week in wrestling. But no, never mind. <laughs> Christ. You want to stick to topic? <laughs> so sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so you didn't get to meet Glacier. Uh, night one, we watched. Very good show. Um, so now... I'm getting a little bit nervous. Like, oh, fuck, man. These guys are all real good. <laughs> we're on this next night. Because, like, by now, like, we know, like, we don't belong here. But we're just like, well, at the very worst, we're going to be, like, the match. And people are like, yeah, okay, it existed. It wasn't bad. Like, it, it existed right. on the same card. Yeah, not much to it. First but maybe, family. Maybe it was okay. Yeah. But, boy, as these other matches start happening, you're like, shit, man. We're, mm-hmm. I don't know. So we roll in the night, too. Um... They have the shit list there, yep. which is where I got the idea to do it for Anarchy. And what the shit list is, is a list of spots that you put up in the locker room. Or moves. And they're like moves that you see all the time. Enzigiris or like a strike exchange or a tope dive. And if that match is going to do it, they put their number next to that spot. And you know now you don't have a repeat of the same shit. Yeah, you don't have the same up and over corner Enziguris multiple times. Right. So, Hopefully. you know, it, it, you would think it'd be common sense to know when you already don't belong on the fucking weekend. Don't eye me down for this. <laughs> Fuck you. That you stay away 
from the shit list and don't do any of it because it should go to like the guys that people know. Uh huh. Oh yeah. But you go over before we even start planning the match. You go. I labeled three of those spots for us on the shit list because I figure we're gonna want to do them. And I couldn't believe. It. I was like, "Go fucking erase that!" Like we're not doing any of that shit. We needed those spots, <laughs> and it was Claudio Castagnoli does not need those spots. All right. <laughs> well, yeah, but if he wants them, he can have them. Well, yeah, he can take them by force. <laughs> fucking horse of a man. So. We planned this fucking disaster, and which it, we still haven't seen since it happened. And, and, no, I've watched it. Oh, but, we but watched but it when it first years. came out. Yeah, yeah, I haven't watched it in years. Um, we planned this fucking monstrosity, and you know, I knew it was going to be bad. But the thing about it is, for me, I didn't even know of ECW until I started hanging out with Gary. I never knew of ECW. So ECW to me, like. What like to, to them? The Vega Gary ECW arena is like this fucking hollowed ground. It's like the mecca to me. I was like, this is really cool, and I understood like the importance of it, but it wasn't the be all end all to me. And I just never took anything in wrestling as like, yeah, well, if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. Like, eh, whatever. I'm gonna wake up tomorrow. But so we planned this fucker. <laughs> and uh, the we are starting to roll up now the match time. And real quick with a backtrack, like we have this horrible fucking gear on. Oh, I was gonna like, say, yeah. I, our gear for me and you particular because we have submission squad gear. Yeah, now we have black submission squad gear at that this says time. submission squad on it. Yeah, and we don't wear it. Nope. Instead, we wear fucking clown gear, these <laughs> yeah. blue pants with fucking. Stars on them, which, which I, make no sense to what we do. Yeah, and which that, I have for sale on my Etsy store for five hundred dollars. And, and we had these designed. Like, I don't understand well, why. Not these... really designed. Like, okay, so the way these ge- this particular the way this particular pair of gear came into existence was that I talked to Bill, the guy who made our gear, and I was like, Chikara is a very colorful place. We need something equally colorful." Because I don't want to be the shitty indie guy, the shindy guy who wears the black gear with, you know, black kick pads and black knee pads, and black elbow pads. Like, I, I that's not what I wanted. Um, so what I should have done is, like, just make our gear in blue and white. So now it's at least, you know, it's all the, the logos are there. Uh, the skull is on it. Like, that stuff is there. Well, anything and, other than what we had. Instead, he better. makes this bright blue with multiple colorful stars on it. Um, we, you know, I don't want to say we were progressive, but we were the first pro, uh, <laughs> rainbow gear people I think there yeah, was. Nah, I, listen, it was, it was, ho- it was, it was not good. And I think we wore our fake tattoo sleeves too. I think we did. You're right. Yeah. I might stand by that one though. Those were funny, but yeah, those were, those, we did look badass. So our gear is horrible. I think I'm wearing a, a black kick pad and a skull and the, yeah, uh, you have intrepid- a bandana on yeah, an intrepidous, uh, skull kick pad. And then you have a bandana on your head. Yeah. And a St. Louis Jersey. Cause I'm a bad bitch, man. Our gear Ooh. was horrible. Yeah, our entrance like, music wasn't any better. We stole it from vinyl. It don't matter. We just stole it. We had like we had to because uh, Luke Harper was using "God's Gonna Cut You Down," but that would have been bad Brody for Lee. us to use yeah. anyway. Like our yeah. oh, was this horrible? We Vega, never really had Vega at that time was wearing just trash bag pants, black singlet. 
Yep. That he was, was Spitfire David Vega. He came out to Prodigy Spitfire. Yeah, but there it is. they came out to Gary's Fly by Night. Like, Gary's by stuff Rush. made sense. He had the barn. Like, he. I think the problem with him as far. Like, so you think about Chikara, their character's quack goes all out for him. Yep. And Gary had music that made sense, his gear made sense, but then other than that, there wasn't any, like, barn owl stuff. Like, he didn't wear masks. No like... mask, no cape, no feathers, no handler. He had a handler in LWA, but the handler wasn't with us in Philadelphia. But he was at least closest out of the four of us. The rest of us were a shit show, and we were front row for it for this one. It was fucking horrible. So I turned my chair around. Oh, well, fans did. And we'll like, get to it all. Hold on. So we put the fucker together. We have our shit fucking gear on. We're standing in Gorilla. Thinking White. how badass we are. Opening match is this fucking four-way with one of the young bucks, Austin Aries, Fire Ant, and some other great fucking worker. <laughs> some and, other amazing <laughs> piece of shit. They tear the fucking house down. Followed up by First Family versus Fist, I yeah. believe. They tear the fucking house down. Now we're next. Yeah, we're going to tear that... Oh, my God. Lights go out. Yep. Quack made this beautiful fucking Titantron thing that had our logo on it. Yep. He puts that up, whole fucking building erupts in booze. I mean, just erupts in booze. And if you don't believe us, you can go to powerbomb.tv, use the promo code STLANARCHY, uh, watch, obviously, all the St. Louis Anarchy stuff, but you can find the 2009 King of Trios now on Powerbomb yeah. TV. And... Our shit music hits. <laughs> the Von Bonnies. We come out. No and regrets. Our, and our entrance is your typical indie fucking wrestler entrance where we're just walking up to the crowd, pointing and yelling at them. It takes Shut a, up. feels like it takes us 45 minutes to get to the ring. And it does. And we get yelled at for that later. Uh, but honestly, I think once all the people booed, you looked at me and goes... Well, we're fucked. Oh, right, yeah. When the logo comes on and everybody boos, I look at Evan and I just go, we are fucked. And at that point, like, unfortunately to say, and I don't really think this has ever happened again, is like, we shut down. Yeah. We just put our blinders on, like, we're going to do the match. Like, For me, it was when we did the entrance. When we did the entrance and it wasn't like, it wasn't even a thing where people were yelling back at us. They just did not give a rat's fucking ass. Like, they didn't care. And... We got in the ring, and it, there was just nothing. Gary's music hits, really nothing. But now looking back on it, and I, I haven't watched it much, but there is a thing I remember, and he's on the he's up on the perch, and people do, not a lot, but a few people start to hoot. Yeah. And in that moment, we had a 2% chance we could have got him. If we would have did something in the beginning that put him over in that character... We maybe could have gotten them, but we didn't. Instead, I think we started with a hot start, yeah, we, and, and it didn't even get Gary. Like, so we've started with a hot start that don't get over Gary or Vega, yep, and it don't get over me or you. It's just a fucking basic hot start, so it gets over no character stuff, and off to the races from there. Yeah, and it was not good. It wasn't good. It was just like But it wasn't terrible. It wasn't bad as in like we weren't out there botching spots and it looked mm-hmm. like shit. It was terrible to where we did nothing to establish ourselves. We did nothing to try to garner emotion from the audience. Mm-hmm. We just and, closed our eyes and, and, and maybe hit moves. maybe we couldn't have. Maybe there was nothing we could do, but, but there was stuff try. but we, yeah, there was stuff we could have tried that we didn't at one point they start chanting, we don't give a hoot, <laughs> talking about Gary. No. There's like a huge Baba Booey chant. 
and at we, you, yeah, and we I did nothing with it, and mm-hmm. I remember we had the match ends one two three. We go to the back. Uh, we're immediately pulled aside. Well, yeah. Also to the side is uh, so. In our, I don't know why in our head we're like, oh yeah, Chikara fans, they'll know. Like the gimmick was between us calling ourselves a submission squad is we did no submissions because the real submission squad who we were feuding with was Nick Tyson and Dingo, and they right. did submissions. So as the heels in the Midwest area, we took their name, we took their logo, and then we just were we mock we were basically a, a bad parody of them. Right. So the gimmick was we didn't do submissions. And I don't know why we didn't think that, because we don't do submissions in this either. Well, and, and we win. And yeah. we don't win by submission. We don't win by cheating and locking on a submission. We do nothing. You bump Vega, one, two, three, it's over. And yep. that, that was horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Uh, like the structure was terrible. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. embarrassing. That's the parts that's of why it, we have never gone back to watch it. That's the parts of it that I don't like. Like, sure, if you're just watching a tag team wrestling man, like our bumps are fine. The fucking shit comes out fine, but no character development. None of it made sense in like that world where, where there's characters and shit. It, it was horrible. And I we get to the back. We're immediately pulled aside by Mitch Ryder. Slaps and, us. And Bryce, maybe? I remember there were two people. I, I think it was like, Bryce. I know it wasn't Quack. Quack didn't even talk to us. Quack so. had other shit going on. <laughs> so, uh, And what Mitch Ryder says still sticks with me to today is when he said, like, look, man. He's like, you guys had no personality. And at that time, that's what we were. Like, we were, especially me and you. Like, yeah. we were personality and we were funny that's why, like, a lot of these territories or whatever indies we would go to, we would always start out as heel, but we'd end up being face because we're naturally funny, I guess. And yeah. we eventually get over. And with this, we showed no personality. And it's like, son of a bitch. Like, that, that's where it's a failure. That's where us. it hurt the most, right. yeah. For us, that's where it's a failure. Because while we may not be in the same fucking realm as Kota Bishi athletically or the work rate of an El Generico or an Austin Aries or technically sound like Quack or Brian Danielson. Like, when it comes to personality, you that's, like, very subjective. It don't matter who how big of a name someone is. If you're funnier than that person mm-hmm. or, you're, or you're just entertaining, that's going to translate to any audience. Yeah. And we fucking, Didn't. we dropped the ball massively on that. And that's what sucks. Luckily, we were able to turn it around years later, but in this moment, that it was horrible. Mm-hmm. It was, it was it, basically we're just going to shit on ourselves because yeah, we just we gave up, man, and it's uh, that sucks. And like it's something we vowed to never do again, and I don't think we ever did. No, you won that either. night, Philadelphia, but we won overall. <laughs> yeah, we won at the end. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, so going from that, you know, the rest of the night. You would think that would be it, but unfortunately, it wasn't it for you. Uh, nope. <laughs> we're back in the locker room, and for whatever reason, there's like sports equipment back there. So there's dodgeballs, soccer balls, shit like that. And uh, you pick up a dodgeball. I do? What do I do with it? You throw it, and you hit the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. <laughs> I love that you always say the full title. Who we never met before this day. Ever. And never even had a conversation. I talked to him for about 30 seconds outside the venue because I was outside and he was on his phone. Oh, yeah? And he wanted directions for his sister to get to the venue. And oh, I was okay. like, I don't know where the fuck I am, much as <laughs> I can't tell you anything. Here's my map quest printed directions, so, yeah. American Dragon, so Brian Danielson. The American Dragon... With this dodgeball. And I he, do. 
He looks at you and you go, you're out. And he goes, oh, well, I'm sorry. My reflexes just aren't what they used to be. Yeah. And then Trying you, to be a good human being. Right. Then you look at the American dragon. <laughs> Brian Danielson. And say to him, well, then you need to get the fuck out of this business. American dragon, yeah. Brian Danielson. Well, say that part to him, but you told him you need to get the fuck out of this business. Thank God he didn't. I start packing my shit up because I'm like, well, we're about to get thrown out of the locker room now on top of this fucking disaster shit show of a match we just had. He could have ripped my head off and been totally (laughs) justified. And we're going to know, like, we're going to be known as the guys that came to King of Trios, had a shit match, and then told Brian Dant, the American (laughs) Dragon, to get the fuck out of the pro wrestling business. (laughs) Luckily, he's riding high. He's a cool guy. Very cool. Fucking laughed it, laughed off. it off and talked to us for a bit. But the story don't end there. Brian Danielson now is getting ready to go out for his fucking match and is stretching at the curtain. The American Dragon. His fucking music hits and in leans Petrie <laughs> to go, you go out there and get him, American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Don't be nervous. You go out there and get him. And he just looks at you like you're fucking insane and then walks through the curtain. And I'm thinking the whole time, this is it. We're never going to be, we're done. Like, I we're, don't remember doing that Might as that well one. go to fucking South Broadway and go and work there forever because we're never going to travel anywhere again. I don't remember again. doing that. And maybe I just wanted him to not feel as nervous as I did. Yeah, maybe. You're just trying to do you're the trying to be a nice best guy. fucking grappler in the world. <laughs> do him a favor. Yeah, you know. Doing old BD a favor. So the night wraps up and night two, and it was it was horrible. I mean, Vega was Vega was real upset. Like Vega he, took it really like hard. He, Vega took it the hardest out of all of us. He thought that his career was over. Yeah, and and you know at that time it could have been. And Gary was upset. He got booed out of the ECW arena. Like it didn't help. We didn't know this, but Deborah decided to let us know. She's like, yeah. Some of the fans turned their chairs around and stared at the wall. <laughs> like, oh yeah, like, we, we didn't even know that happened, but we were informed about it. They're like, son of a bitch. And even she had said, and she knows nothing about wrestling other than what she watches on the shows. And even she had said, you guys just didn't seem like yourselves. Like you didn't, you you normally play to the crowd. And you guys, and even she noticed it. So yeah, you know, it, it was. I was glad to get out of there that night. Uh, like I said, Vega was upset. Uh, we still had a third day to get through because yep. we were, me and Deborah were going to go look at some shit. That was kind of like the deal. She would drive. She would always come on trips and drive most of the time, and the deal would be she goes and looks at shit while we wrestle. Yep. So we were going to stay the extra day. She would go to New York, right? So she could go see shit. Well, unfortunately, I had to fucking visit, revisit the scene of the crime because she had left her fucking cell phone at the arena. So I had to call Quack, which I'm sure he loved hearing from me on night three of King of Trios, which is usually their biggest draw. So I'm sure he loved me calling him to go, hey, I got to come back. Never forgot her phone there. Hey, Quack. Yeah, hey, man. Sorry we stunk up the place and... Threw a dodgeball and told Danielson to get the fuck out of the business. I'm sorry, do you mean the American yeah. <laughs> Dragon Brian Danielson? But I need to swing by again. So I show up there to get her phone. Everybody there's in fucking suits because it's night three. 
I'm there again, right at the fucking meeting time, but luckily, I missed it, barely. Because if I interrupt, I'm just going to fucking walk into traffic if I interrupt a meeting again. So, get the phone, we go look at shit in New York, come back, get you guys, we're on our way home. I don't think Vegas said a word the whole way home. Like, I was even going to go with you guys to New York because I've always wanted to visit the Ghostbuster Tower because I'm a huge Ghostbuster fan. I don't think that's a surprise. But, like, I was just so depressed. Like, it hit hard, me, Gary, especially Vega. Like, I'm not going to say I didn't care. Sucked real bad. But I probably cared the least. Yeah, you don't care. I just, like, well, but. You figured you'd slap a fan and be fine. I knew it was coming. And and I even said, I go, the second wave's going to happen when the DVD comes out. Then we're fucked again. Like, Mm -hmm. people are going to shit on us again. And that's what happened. You know, 50, well, probably 70, 30. 70% of the people shit on us and they're like, oh, it's the worst match ever. And there were 30% that were saying, like, yeah, it wasn't that bad, guys. Like, it's not as bad as people were saying. I think, actually, after the DVDs came out, like, uh, what, the Al Snow match was a little, got a little... That match sucked. I yeah. didn't feel like we had the worst, like, Bell to Bell didn't have the worst match on that weekend. We had the second worst, probably, the Al Snow's main event first night match. But, ah! but yeah. So they shit all over us. Uh you know, it was what it was. I mean, there was the uh, the positives that came out of that. I think we all became better performers, and you know, it's really hard to get nervous again, like real nervous. Yeah. After going through something like that, yeah. When you got fifty thousand people in the ECW <laughs> arena booing you out of the building, <laughs> Gary's crying, screaming, "Why, New Jack? Why?" Yeah, you don't get nervous anymore. But. uh we got, you know, that's how we got our AIW booking, though. Yep. Like, they did that Jack of All Trios the next year, and we got booked for that, I think, because it was like, well, if we book these guys, no matter who we have win, people are just going to be happy that these fucking guys didn't win. Yeah. And I felt always felt like they missed the, they missed the ball on one thing. Like, I felt like we should have at least went to the semifinals to where people thought maybe we were going to get back in the King of Trios. Yeah. But we went out in the first round. I don't so. remember who we lost to. Jack, uh, his partner, and... Gary says Jack, his partner, and... Can't remember. Yeah. Can't remember. Right. Well, we're out in the first round, yeah. but... Uh, which was funny, because I liked night two of Jack of All Trios. Oh, yeah. We wrestled the Clash guys. No, Thorne wasn't on. I mean, yeah, he, he was. John Thorne was on that team. You're right. It, yeah. was, it was Thorne. Oh, the promoter put himself over us? <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm sure I, he was. Who knows? But we uh, he was in the match. I do remember that, and we lost. Yeah. Uh, but the night, too, it makes a good story because we work with Clash, these two Clash guys. Yep. Tommy Tresnick, I think. Uh, I said that last time. You said it Tresnick. wasn't him. It was Tom. I don't, who, I don't remember. Tommy something in the, the Magician. But, you know, we end up working with the guy, like, the story is about the Tommy guy. Because he wants, they want to be heel. We're telling him, like, I think that they're going to want us to be heel. And I go, and besides, uh, you're not going to get booed over us. These fucking people hate us. They don't want us to go back to King Trios. Like, they for real don't like us. Yeah. So he goes and talks to the pro- to the promoters, and they're like, yeah. Which is Thorne, who put himself over us on night one. And they're like, yeah, he does want you guys to be heel. And we're like, yeah, that's what we figured. And then my favorite line. Yeah, his quote, well, I just want to get my shit in. I don't give a fuck about this match. And we're like, well, 
fantastic. That's terrific. But we end up having matches, at least one, maybe two matches with this guy later on down the road that were really good. Like, he, yeah. he, he is a good wrestler, but... I don't even know if he does wrestle still. But, yeah, I think they all still work in Clash, but I'm not sure. Oh, I didn't uh, even know Clash still ran. Yeah, they do. Okay. Um, it's not a shot at him. I just, I'm really out of indie wrestling. Stuff. But, yeah, they, uh... Yeah, he didn't give a fuck that night, though. Deal yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, we know the joke. Deal me in. Got yeah. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck. Cameron's his name. Cameron something right Cameron Diaz. And his big fucking move is he throw a deck of cards around and go, deal me in, and drop the... Vega loved that movie. <laughs> he did. For years, we, Vega would talk about it. And I think he may have even stole it in ACW, just as a joke. <laughs> yeah. We worked with those guys later and had good matches, but this was always a fun story. He says, I don't give a shit about this when I get my shit in. It's like, oh, this is going to be fantastic. This is going to be a real shit show. Uh, yeah. He so. got all his shit in. We got, we made sure he got every shit in he did wanted. We win? Did we win? I don't know, dude. We probably lost. John Thorne probably ran back out and cost yeah. us the match. Bumped all four of us. Yeah. Uh, Fuck you, Thorne. Yeah, take that. But He'll never listen to this. No. <laughs> um, no, no. I'd be surprised if anyone's listening to this. <sighs> I'm not even going to listen to well, this. Well, let's take a break. Talk to our, to yeah, our sponsors. Oh, that's a good segue. Do your buddy shit. Yeah. We'll be back. Yeah. Fuck off. Hey, everybody. It's Pistol. I just wanted to remind everybody that the coming show, March 23rd, is on a Saturday, still in Alton. Um, combo packages for front row are completely sold out. However, general admission combo packages are still available, so make sure you get those before those two are completely gone. Um, again, this is the only Saturday show we've announced, so I can't wait to see all your beautiful, lovely, amazing, adorable, whatever else you want to be called, faces there. And as always, thank you for your support. It always blows me away with how well you guys come out and support us. So thank you guys. I'll see you March 23rd. Oh, yeah. And we're back. What a great sponsor. Real good, real, real, real tight sponsorships we got here. Oh, yeah. uh, while we were uh, waiting to make sure that saved, we remembered a funny story, um, which happens to include El Generico. Jackson? Yeah, so years, a couple of years later, we brought Generico to LWA and... Uh, we were out at eating after the show, and he had remembered, like, we started talking about 2009 King of Trios, and for whatever reason, he thought we were the soul shooters, <laughs> and he thought that the soul shooters were the submission squad that got booed out of the building, so it, like, blew his mind that he that it was us that got booed out of the building. That was always kind of a fun story. Yeah, because we'd, we'd end up traveling up and down with him for a little bit, actually. Uh, became close. Yeah, we had Christmas with him. Yeah, <laughs> we took a trip to Texas. It was fun. Yeah, um, and we saved him some money he, on his car insurance. Yeah, because we're Geico too now. No, we're not. Oh, <laughs> well, if you want to give me money to spot to to insure your car, send me money. <laughs> I can't promise anything about the insurance though. Um, <laughs> so you know, overall, it was a horrible disaster. Like in the midst of that weekend, but really in the big picture, it worked out well for us. Uh, we yeah. end up we end up doing a lot more stuff with Chikara, which we'll probably be getting into on our next podcast when we talk about like our origins and like all the different characters we've done. Like yeah. the Submission Impossible is going to come up, Maybe. so we end up doing a whole thing with that. We end up going back to Chikara years later and yeah. having a good showing and getting a standing ovation with the Gentlemen's Club. 
which we'll talk up, about. End up being in King of Trios, like which I wasn't a part end of. End up doing work for Quackenbush in Chicago. So this actually spawns a, a, a relationship with Quack where we work for him multiple times. So yeah. it ends up working out, and actually it helps people that we know and tried to work with too, because our relationship with Quack got Connor, right? Fuego del Sol, Fitchit, yeah. So ACH, and it's a whole thing where it, it, it look. I don't know if our match, for good or bad, is one of the few Chikara matches that gets talked about, like, all the time. Like, not all the time, but, like, gets remembered. Yeah. Like, you have, like, the Kingston-Quackenbush match for the Grand Championship that was fantastic. People still talk about it. Kingston-Dorado, the feud itself was beautiful. But then, people will still, like, on that weekend, probably the two most talked about matches are the four-way with Generico, Ibushi, one of the Young Bucks, and Jigsaw. Yeah. And then our match. And it's people shitting all over us, but still talking about it. And ends up helping us out, really. And... We get some work out of it. We talked about AIW. AIW was the most consistent work right. we got because after they saw how good we are and how we, you know, we brothered, brothered up to Thorn. We're like, oh, brother, we're so happy to put you over and <laughs> in your promote. No, I'm just teasing. Um, but like, yeah, we got a lot of one shots just because right. a lot of people wanted to see, like, yeah. are they good or aren't they? And right. once they found out or made their mind up, they're like, okay, I've seen it. Hey, I mean, we, we got not just maybe some ones. We, there were a couple, like, we brought us back eventually, but like, Eventually, we priced them out because we were hot. We were uh, legends and attractions. Right, you get shit on like that, you got to up your rate. Yeah, <laughs> two hot dogs so, and a fist bump. In closing, let's see what do we get. We can plug St. Louis Anarchy. Yep, St. Louis Anarchy, March twenty third. Uh, Gary J versus Nick Gage. So don't forget to buy your combo package tickets. <laughs> That's gonna get you into March, April, and May. Honestly, like again, I, I'm never gonna come on here and beg people to come to shows and. But we'll give you the information on how to do it. What I'm gonna say is like March. I, who knows? We'll know how this is being recorded before January. So yeah. who knows how January will end up doing? Terrible. But March, April, and May are gonna really tell the story. We never run, every, you know, back to back months, and we're actually running here three months in a row. So. It's going to kind of tell the story on if we're going to be able to do this more or if we're going to kind of just keep doing every other month or what we're going to do. Like, these tell the story. So, I mean, the fate, like, and not to make it sound so dire, like, just basically the fate of anarchy is in your hands. Yeah. Do with know. it what you <laughs> do with it what you will. Um, you like it, support it. Like, you keep doing. Um, so, we have March 23rd, Gary J and Nick Gage. That's uh, a Saturday, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's our only Saturday show. Uh, we have April 26th. That's going to be Ladies Night, All Ladies Event. Then we're going to have May 24th, which is going to be called Hog Wild. Fuck you, Fitchett. Because the world revolves around Matthew <laughs> Fitchett. Uh, and that's the return of Eric Cannon and Darren Corbin, for those of you that have been bothering me about it for the past fucking five years. So make sure you guys get your tickets to that But one. you brought them back into NWL. Not Corbin. Cannon. Oh. Um so the deal with that is you can get front row seat for $60. That's going to cover you for all three of those shows. Get GA for $40. That's going to cover you for all three shows. That's at paypal.me slash St. Louis Anarchy. And the pre-party, that's a separate charge. So it's 75 if you want front row and pre-party to all three. 
55 if you want it for the general admissions for all three. So that's going to kind of be how that works. I like how you make fun of me for reading off notes, but you're reading that right I'm off right, Twitter. Well, hell yeah, I am. Memorize right your shit. Damn it. So that's uh, that's going to do it for uh, this episode. And of Dollar Menu Mid-Carters. We'll see you next time. Y'all going to do the whole subscribe thing? Oh, yeah, good call. So uh, don't forget <laughs> to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. Uh, mine is Google Play Podcasts. Um, and then make sure you download every episode because apparently that's how things get done. And if you're on iTunes, make sure you leave a comment uh, liking us very much because that's how we move up the leaderboard or whatever iTunes has. I don't know. It's Apple, man. They, they're fucking weird. Um, I don't remember the really cool sign-off I just made up an hour ago. So... Um, Till two weeks.